detective. Thrill me. Welcome back to the Thrill Me podcast. Recording from ball freezing Canberra, Australia. I'm your host, Adam. Beside me, my co-host, Jared. Adam. How are you, mate? Good. We are talking sequels yeah. today. Underrated sequels. Mm. Another top five. Yep. Top five underrated sequels. A lot of these, you probably won't expect a lot of people. There, there might be a little bit of um, gnashing of teeth over the quality of some of these. Uh, an argument may ensue <laughs> across the board. Will. Will ensue. <laughs> Let's jump straight into it, Jared. Underrated mm. sequel number one from you. From me. So keeping in mind, you know, sticking to the action and horror realms. First one I've gone with is Predator 2. Los Angeles, 2. This film is not yet rated. Starts Wednesday at theatres everywhere. Predator 2. Mm. 1992, I think it was. Yeah, about I think it was. Not, yeah, about then. Yeah, I've uh, been surprised, I guess, to discover along the way that a lot of people I know just just think it's a shocker, <laughs> <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> and um, I've I never had... That like I've always really really liked it. Yeah, I don't know whether that's that's to do with me being a fan of the Predator series in general and the, the character, but I think Predator Two is really cool. Yeah, so do I. I think I think Predator Two feels like an extension of Predator. Like it without Arnie, they're unable to get Arnie back, but they do a good enough job to create this world sticking within the Predator, the original Predator formula. They mention the original incident and all that type of stuff. Yeah. But I do pretty much, you know, it kind of hits the same beats and it kind of works well enough for a sequel. Yeah, and taking it to the sort of, you know, the violent city and playing on that, you know, concrete jungle kind of aspect of it and also bringing Danny Glover in. Mm. I thought that was that was good too because it really did, again, reinforce that this bloke's out of his depth yeah. and placed a predator against someone who was completely outmatched mm. in terms of the physical but you know had to be had to be crafty yeah um, there's some there's some down moments there's a couple of down moments like I, I'm not a particularly Bill big, Paxton <laughs> <laughs> no I'm not a particularly big fan of when um, when Gary Busey gets suited up in that thing and starts chasing the predator <laughs> it gets a little bit crazy at times there yeah um, that, that that bit was just just slightly off the off the mark. Yeah. Um, I, I like the idea that he was tracking the Predator. I, I like that. Yeah, but it comes across as like, um, so, I don't know, the suit looks ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a cu- couple of dud moments like that, but then when you finish the movie, it's the ending is outstanding. Yeah. And really, um, really reinforced what has become canon of the series that these guys, the Predators hunt for sport. Yeah. You know, they, they, they brought that aspect in initially, like they, they were being hunted, but they never really elaborated on why or anything like that. And they and, never showed us any of the sort of the underlying world parts of the Predators world. Yeah. And what they um, were there for. Yeah, but then the, the ending of this one puts puts into play that really 
That, that idea that it is for sport yeah. and there's this sort of respect for uh, for Danny Glover. And then, you know, you throw in the Easter eggs about the alien skulls and things like that. Yeah. All in all, I really, really like this movie. And I believe it was it was a bit of a come down financially, uh, grosses-wise. I think maybe that might have played into the the dislike for it. Mm. Um, for a lot of reasons, it didn't it didn't sort of push the series anywhere else. Maybe that's why it's kind of seen as just a bit of a throwaway. But down, barring some of the down moments, I think it works well. Yeah. I think it really does. And, and I believe they had put together a script initially that had Arnie, that had the Arnie character, Dutch character, and then obviously he drops out and you're scrambling, you're looking for something new. I think they did a good job with what they ended up Producing. Yeah. A really good job. My first underrated sequel is Psycho 2. It's 22 years later. Norman Bates is coming home. Psycho 2. It's starting again. Rated R. Starts Friday at a theater near you. A lot of people, you're talking about a movie made in the early 60s, um, the original was made in the early 60s, is seen as a landmark sort of horror film, yeah. um, sort of the beginning of the slasher. So putting together a sequel 20 years later, I think it was, or somewhere in that vicinity, yeah, about that. that's a big, that's going to piss a lot of people off, which I believe it did. But if you actually watch the film, it's it's really it's quite well done and it does a lot to sort of build on the Norman Bates Character and the mythology of him, and it kind of works. It it it's still kind of creepy. It's still got some violent moments, but it it's more a character study, and I like that. I thought that was well done, uh, especially in a movie that's kind of in a series that there's such a big gap between films. Yeah, that's never uh, seemingly never going to be seen as a good thing to make a make a sequel that far past the movie. People get really negative about that. That sort of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's from uh, from all accounts, Richard Franklin did a, did a pretty solid job of it. Yeah, well, put he that... He stepped into some big shoes there. Yeah, put that up against the remake that they did. Yeah, which and, is pretty ordinary. Yeah, and so there was so much backlash in 80, 1980 when they made this, or 81, uh, couldn't even compare to the backlash that was deserved of the remake. So I like the fact that they tried to do something... And they gave it enough of the mythology of the original with Bates Motel and all that, and Norman being released from jail and sort of picking up, trying to sort of stay sane in amongst all the stuff. I thought that was good good stuff. And it kind of resonated a little bit because there was a big gap between the two films. So you could easily say, yeah, Norman's been in jail for 20 years. Yeah. And the actor has aged, you know. So I thought they did some good things with that. That's a personal favourite. Mm. What's next on your list? Is well, this where we're going to get into some... This is where we'll get an argument out of you, I'm sure. Bargy. Um Look, I'll probably, uh, I'll probably cop some heat, not only you from are you. You are going to cop some heat. But uh, I'm putting Jason X in there. Coming soon. He is an unstoppable killing machine. What the hell is going on? Jason Voorhees. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. Uh-oh. He's been modified. Oh, you think? You guys might want to run. 
Jason X. I don't think he's out there. Why don't you stick your head out and have a peek? Rated R, coming soon. Jason X. Yep. Jason X for me is good, good fun. Okay. Really good fun. Okay. Uh... I get this, like, I can't quite understand why people initially just sort of said, oh, Jason's in space, that's it, the character's done. We're not talking about Shakespeare's back catalogue here. The character was already a bit of a joke. He'd already been brought back to life by a lightning bolt and spent however many years underwater in Crystal Lake and all this sort of stuff. So when they said Jason's in space, I was like... That's about all that's left for yeah, him, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't bat it all either. I didn't see how this was going to be all that different. And for mine, the movie just, I watch it now and there's still moments that crack me up. Some of the kills are, <laughs> some of the kills are quite inventive. Your favourite guy, um, I'll take more than a bucket of ribs to stop me. That'll do it. It's <laughs> yeah. a second knife in the Absolute cup. genius. Um, look, it's, uh, it's no classic, but when we're saying underrated, we're, you know, talking sort of relative terms <laughs> here. Uh, people seem to treat Jason X as a joke, but then take the rest of the series like it's some sort of serious yeah. serious collection of films. I mean, how could you treat it? <laughs> how do you treat any of them seriously and then say, what, he's in space? <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. Yeah, right, that's it. I'm, that's it. The series is over for me, um, especially what came before it. Yeah. Look, I, I just thought it was... Jason Goes to Hell, for instance, was, was probably... F- Far crazier than Jason X. Yeah, I just thought you know it, it, they they took it to space and then just did exactly the same thing as they've done in these other movies. You know, a bit of stalk and slash, and um, you know some creative some creative sequences in there, some some fun ideas. And I just yeah, I just watch it now and I just think the tongue's firmly in cheek the whole way through the movie, and I liked it. Look, we we were I was gonna start. Just teeing off. Gnashing right? teeth. And- but the fact is, I've actually watched this movie recently, and I kind of agree. My problems with it are more probably the, just the, uh, it, it for a movie that was made at quite a high budget for a Friday the 13th, I believe it was like $13 million, it looks like shit. Yeah, it honestly, looks, it looks, it looks like fucking a, terrible. looks like a cheap TV episode. Yeah, so that, that, that's now sort of become where I've gone to with it. I find it very cheap to look at. I find the dialogue's absolutely awful. But then again, <laughs> again, fucking, what's Part three <laughs> springs to mind. I was say the dialogue's awful. Yeah, what's different from the series? Exactly. There, that's half of the course. And so I think looking at it again recently, I realised really it's basically just the same as five, you know, one through eight. Just in space. Well, it's that's basically the same movie repeated. The thing about it for me is of the sequels, I'm probably fondest of part six. Yeah. And it's it's the first one that just said, this is ridiculous now. Yeah. We're going to have some fun with it. Yeah. And I think Jason X was the only other one that really did that. Yeah. So although it doesn't work near as well as part six, people just have seemed to tag it as the joke of the series. And I just I can't understand that because the whole series, in a way, is a joke. Is a, is a joke. Yeah, but yeah, um, you're absolutely right. The, the series from part four onwards has had its tongue in its in in its cheek. Yeah. Even five. If you watch five, it's not really to be taken seriously. And I think the well, filmmakers are even. I, I actually think there's moments of five 
that are that do fall under that, but the majority I think is still on that. <laughs> He's still on that path of, you know, we're making it, making yeah, the it. Damage really yeah, damage <laughs> and Yeah, damage and and all that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I think part five was, uh, part six was the first one that kind of just did just straight out wink at the audience. Yeah. Obviously, Seven someone with a bit more skill. Yeah. Put six together. Yeah. Um, on a lower budget too, which is what I like about six. Yeah. And I think, you know, Jason X was the, was the only other one that really just said, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, we're picking up the ball in the ridiculous territory, and we're running. Yeah, we're running with it. And, and I think it, it's it's got a couple of real, real good moments that, that make me laugh and that I enjoy. I'm not going to pretend there's not some really stinky moments because there is. Oh yeah, um, and and a lot of people, I can understand a lot of people get up in arms about the um, the the Uber Jason look. I didn't have so many problems with that. I, again, I kind of. Found it a logical extension of where they took it. Well, you had to. I mean, we're still gonna stick with Jason. He'd been he'd been fucking frozen for a hundred fucking years. Now I don't know about you. I'm not a scientist, but my understanding is your your body would be fucked. He's saying ruined. He's saying the science in this movie is not sound. It's not solid. Okay. <laughs> but in the in the Jason world, though, he was unkillable. Yeah. And that was how they were setting it up at the start. He yeah. was totally unkillable, so his body couldn't die off. Yep. The Uber Jason stuff, I actually think, should have happened earlier. Yeah, so do I. And he should have been in Uber Jason mode from 30 minutes in yeah, and well, gone I, on his killing spree. I um, I liked I liked Uber Jason. I liked the look of it. A lot of people just couldn't couldn't get along with that. I think I that's all that. about that. That's also about um, you know the. The look of Jason over ten, eight films. Yeah, you know, and I think look, to see him looking the way. He used I to think look. this goes along with with part of my thoughts on on the series in general. Is that a lot of people treat this like it's some sort of sacred text, and that you can't change the way Jason looks, and you can't. I don't. I don't go with that. Um, I like. I like a certain. I like a certain thing. I like them to tick some boxes. But if you want to mess around, I'll, I'll have a look at it and I'll judge it on, on what you've given me. I won't just flat out say, nah, Jason doesn't look like that. Or, no, 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 you can't take Jason into space because that's ridiculous. Is that the same with um, the Halloween series? You want to mess around? You want to bring in the thorn, the cold thorn? Yeah, look. You'll have a look. <laughs> as I said, I'll have a look. Then I'll make the judgment. And that judgment was dismissed. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's like I said, um, the reasons for it. See, that's a good example. The reasons I didn't like the Cult of Thorn were because I think it really cheapened and, and didn't make the character scary. Mm. With Jason, by the time we'd hit Uber Jason, he was Uber Jason. He basically <laughs> was. Just he looked like the same old Jason in cheap clothes. So turning him into Uber Jason didn't, didn't bother really, me. Yeah, and it didn't really undo anything. Yeah, honestly. exactly. Yeah. People have probably look at this another way too because it was supposed to be released in 2000 I think and then it got held back and held back for like two years yeah by the time it came out it had been downloaded a million times it was up against one of the Spider-Man films I think opening weeks (laughs) so it was dead and buried you could see it was dead and buried honestly I think that if a little bit more care and, and attention had been given to the initial script, which if you read the Crystal Lake Memories, they talk about how they had some real scripting issues, they had people coming in last minute, throwing in ideas, I think it would have been, could have been seen as one of the far more 
enjoyable Friday the 13th. Yeah, and there's some elements in there that could have really worked, but like you said, they got caught up in scripting things. Like that guy, for example, that makes the robot, and he's, you know, he's talking to her severed head. Part of the movie, and I'm like, that's kind of funny because that that would have worked because we're so used to Jason cutting off people's heads and yeah, things like yeah. that. To have a bloke pick up the severed head, that they continue to converse with it for the rest of the movie, that would have been kind of funny. So, so yeah, I, I just I'm not anywhere near as down on on this movie as people think. Uh, people seem to to look at it like it's it's just. The pits, and I just, yeah, I don't, I can't agree at all. It's a little bit the same. Not, this isn't one of my picks, but it's a little bit the same with the remake. There's a lot yeah. of hatred for the remake yep. of Friday the 13th. Personally, it's not brilliant, but it's certainly not shit. Yeah, I, I agree. There were some really good things about that one, too. It's better than the Elm Street remake. Yep. It's better than the Halloween remake. Yeah, I It's think better so. than the hell of a lot of remakes they've done. And my take on the remake was. Yeah, there were some dopey ideas about underground caverns and stuff, which were not necessary in any way. No. But it's it ticked the boxes that we got from all the other Friday the 13th, except yeah. for the weird seedy dude who lived in the, you know, yeah. who was licking porno mags and stuff. That kind, that was the only bit that didn't sort of line up with where we'd been before. Too seedy. Too seedy? Um, I, yeah, I agree. I think the remake, like you said, had... Had its uh, had its problems like the uh, the tunnels and bells and things like that. Other than All that, the other than that, Jason was as good as he's been in a long time. Mm. So he was actually legitimately um, menacing yeah. in it on several occasions. But I digress. I actually, can I just say, I thought you were just gonna, I thought you were gonna give me an uppercut or something. No, like. look, you've actually you've come around. I've a softened. Bit. I haven't really come around. It's not one that I would pull out and put on very often. Put it that way. It's not one of the series. If I want to watch a Friday the 13th, I'll watch six or I'll watch four or I'll watch um, seven sometimes because I don't mind seven. So you've softened a little bit. I've softened a little bit. It's certainly not in my... You're saying it's only like the second or third circle of hell and not the seventh? It's not not in the top four (laughs) or five of the series in my book. That's all. Yep. But it's not the steaming shit that people make out. Like, people are forgetting part eight. Has anyone yeah. watched Part 8 recently? <laughs> part 8's fucking diabolical. It, it, it is. Part 8 it is. is just a senseless mess. And Jason doesn't even look decent, you know, like even his clothing, his mask is different, his face looks like... <laughs> I don't know what, but it's awful. He punched Julius's head off. That, that was that good. Got it. <laughs> I think the people are forgetting that Part 8 is there. Yeah, Jason exactly. goes to hell's there. Yep. And surely Jason X is better than that pair. Yeah. At the very least. It's better than five. Yeah, I think it's better than five. So Other than David Chiladas <laughs> and Miguel Nunez is sort of, you know, he's his personality. Casual. One minute he's, one minute he's you know, casual domestic he a girl and then he's threatening to punch her and stuff like that. So, so it's higher up on the scale than people think. That's, that's my opinion after sort of looking at it again. And at least something different was tried. And it's another reason why I kind of give a partial tick to Jason Goes to Hell, because there was at least a sense of trying to do something different. Yeah. We were eight films deep. They hadn't <laughs> done anything different. What the fuck? Yeah, what were people expecting? Yeah. I can't believe people were still going to roll out to see these movies and not think maybe they're going to try something new somewhere yeah. along the line. Okay. Another horror franchise. 
ha- Halloween H2O is on my list. Critics call Halloween H2O sensational. Smart and non-stop scary. Finally, a sequel that lives up to the original. Halloween H2O. Rated R. Starts Wednesday everywhere. This one probably doesn't get quite the hate that some of these others have picked up on, yeah. on the web. Yeah. But it's certainly not seen as one Halloween film. It's kind of seen as a bit of a throwaway. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Which is weird because, in my opinion, it covers more of the Halloween elements than most of the others, except yeah. for the first one. Yep. It's still got that creepy um, Michael hovering in the background. It's still got some jump scares. Yeah, look, they don't work, most of them. But, of course, most of them aren't going to work. We, you know, we're... It's 1999. Yeah, well, I actually, like, I found it a quite a passable way to bring Jamie Lee Curtis back into the series. I, I actually found that it was found that it was a solid blend of that sort of Scream generation stuff that we were getting and yeah. the old Halloween movies that we were used to. I, I don't have a problem with this one at all. It's probably one of my, probably one of my favourites of the Halloween series. Yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely put it higher on the list than a lot of the other ones. And maybe, yeah, look. I think that the actual problem with the film, uh, in in some people's mind, is actually it doesn't spend enough time with Jamie Lee Curtis. It it splits the it splits the protagonist or she's the main protagonist, but you've got the kids yeah. staying and they are bland. That's where things get bland. The, the the young kids, you need them though. You need them for your fodder. Yeah, you got to have them. But it didn't it didn't balance that very well because Curtis. I think the way they brought back Jamie Lee Curtis and, and the kind of the character arc they gave her was really good. And then you got the kids, her son, and everything, and that's a little bit lesser. What about so, LL Cool J? Why was he kept alive? <laughs> that's my only question. Why was he still alive? Because he's LL Cool J. That's why. Yeah. Okay. I liked LL. I thought he was fine in it. I thought he was quite good. And he was a bit of comic relief, and it yeah. was, you know. I actually don't mind him as an actor. Yeah. I think he's all right. Yeah. Better. Oh, yeah. He was. Be- he's uh, be- um, better than Buster Rhymes was in the Halloween movies. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> um, yeah. H2O cops a lot of shit, or has seemingly copped a bit of shit, or sort of seen as a lesser, as a bit of a throwaway. As I said, a movie that. Uh, it's in the canon, but hey, you know, it's not one we're going to watch. But I think it deserves to be looked at a little bit better than that. Yeah. It's certainly better than five, better than six, better than two. See, everyone talks about two, Halloween two. I, I watched it not long ago and it's pretty average. Yeah, I, I always thought Halloween two was all right, but I, I prefer this one. And maybe that's a generational thing too. Maybe that's I was just more of the age Yeah, group. well, we were coming up through the scream. Yeah. Period and all that. Exactly. So. Okay. Back to horror again for you. Yeah. Another, another one of the big three franchises. We're covering yeah. all of them. Yep. And uh, this one, I, again, I say, you know, we're, <laughs> un, we're talking underrated in, in relative terms because this movie doesn't get doesn't get hate. It's, no. It's quite well regarded, but I just don't think it's well enough regarded, maybe. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I actually think Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is the best one of a lot of them. Yeah, um, and I don't, I don't. Uh, I think part of that might be after looking back at the first one that it, that, that um, it's showing its age a little. But I always just enjoyed Elm Street three a lot more. 
always enjoyed the aspect of the group of kids that were these sort of misfits and, and, and locked away because everyone thought they were crazy and, and this sort of stuff. And then they sort of band together and and they sort of get to act out their dreams mm-hmm. in some ways. They have those sort of the, those characters about about what their dream is and what, what they would do if they could yeah. when they get taken into into the nightmares. And um, that really works. I yeah. think that really, really works. It also has some of the more memorable kills in the series. For example, the the um, marionette type setup. Yeah, the guy that's get, the TV. Gets, yeah, the guy that gets walked out of the of the hospital. Yeah, the TV. Um, and it's the only one Looking where high. yeah, it's the only one where the quips <clears throat> didn't come off as cheesy. They yeah. actually came off as scary in a, in a lot of parts. There's also the aspect of Freddy's origin story expanded um, with his his mother. Yeah, um, and that again is handled really well. It's not overdone. It's not shown. What happened to her? It's just this creepy little bit of little bit of side plot, basically. Yeah. So all in all, I just think this is peak Freddy, and I yeah, I guess that's why I'm putting it in as underrated because I know people like the movie, but for mine, it's it's the best of the series. Well, it straddles the line between the quipping Freddy and the scary Freddy, mm. and it gets it pretty much right. For the most part, he's quite scary throughout the film. There's quips here and there, but they're not too overt. Knowing what came after, it's hard not to see this movie in a much better light because four is an atrocity. Five, well, four. Four's, atrocity, that's yeah. a big one. No, but four, yeah, four is real ugly yeah. um, because it's so over the top that, there's not really much. Freddy has become just this. He'd become like a, a pitch man. Yeah. And five tried to take him back, and kind of botched it. And it wasn't until Wes Craven's new nightmare that we got a different sense for the character again. And now that you don't like, even want to speak of part six. Oh yeah, part six. <laughs> yeah. Best left Didn't unsaid. Even think about that. <laughs> but the the two that are most regularly talked about is the first one and the new nightmare. They're the ones that are held up. And highly regarded. So I would agree with three. I think three's forgotten in amongst all this. Mm. It's kind of wedged in with the shit. Yeah. And I don't think people have realised that actually cut that, you cut that one out of there. Yeah, because yeah, I just, it's, uh, I I just think it's it's the best that it's it's ever been in that series. It, it, like you said, it straddled that that line between quipping and, and over the top ridiculous like it's it's smack bang in the middle of Freddy in the first one, yep. and Freddy in part six where he's taking people into video games and stuff. It's smack bang in the middle of that, like taking taking the kids and and bringing their sort of their fantasy selves to life. Yeah, but doesn't do it in in the kind of ridiculous ways that it got to in in parts four, five, six. Yeah, exactly. The next one on my list is Die Hard Four. Or as it was known in America, Live Free or Die Hard. Is mm. that right? This one actually doesn't have as much hate online, I don't think. No. Um, it was quite well regarded review-wise, made quite a bit of money. You know, it ticked all the boxes for what you would with a franchise like this. Yep. I think some people are down on it because it was PG-rated. Yeah. In America. Um, it was M-rated here, but in America it's pg rate. 
it dropped. Obviously, that meant the dropping of the the famous one-liner gets cut slightly down. The violence was cut down. I think people might have got a bit of a bean and bonnet about that, but I think that's a that's minimum that that's a minimal problem for me. The fact that we were fifteen years since Die Hard with a Vengeance, the character hadn't been seen. I was shitting myself when I heard it was coming out. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, what have we got here? And they started talking about some little. They started giving little snippets of what it was going to be about. I was just beside myself, thinking this is just poop. But I thought they did a really good job with it, considering it's 15 years later. It's brought the series into the current world. It used that cyber terrorism element, and the idea of the as how does he put it in the movie, the analog watch in the digital age. Yeah. So McLean was the old school cop up against something he had absolutely no idea what he was up against and it exactly plays into all the other films that, from the series yep and I thought it, it worked out fine yeah I, I thought uh, it was a, it was a slight step down from the from the first three yes but it was better than I was expecting it to be except when there was that ju- jumbo jet or yeah. the, no, the, the jump jet thing and the fucking truck and everything. That, it's a great look, scene, but geez, it's over the top. That was the only. Yeah, I was going to say that was the only part where I was. I just felt this is this has gone a, a tad too far. It was yeah, when he was on the plane, kind of surfing. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, um, the scene in general jumping, works well, but it just it's just ridiculous. Yeah, even jumping the car into the helicopter was over the top, but it was enough that you could kind of say, yeah, yeah, that's that's. Still, still diehardish. Mm. When he got on the plane, it was pushing the pushing it for for ten minutes yeah. or so there. And they, they um, did but, well with set pieces as well. Some of the other yeah. set pieces, like in the tunnel where the car flips and yeah. they're both ducking, and the other two cars come in and it lands on top. Yeah, but uh, other than that, like it, it maintained the the McLean character. Yeah, uh, like you said, it was it, you know describing him as the analog watch and all that sort of stuff. It it um, pretty much maintained the character that we knew and and added that that angry old man sort of vibe. Yeah. The only problem that people think I I think people end up having or a lot of people have was he wasn't the the sort of the guy who could get hurt and he, in the you know in the pinch he, he'd be right up against it. He was kind of indestructible. Yeah. I think that last scene sort of proved it where he where he's surfing the 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 jet I think was just where we just lost the the plot. Just a little bit. And I think it's because everything's got to get bigger and bigger and bigger yeah, as exactly. the movie goes along. Yep. We can't just blow something up. We've got to fucking nuke it. And then surf on it on yes. the way out. <laughs> while, you, while you're dodging the explosion, just surf at that wing of that plane. <laughs> and the other thing I actually think they got right, which they didn't get right in the, the fifth one, which was Lucy McLean, the daughter. Hmm. They put the daughter in danger, which legitimately gave him... You know, he, he's looking to save her. She had a bit of ball, so she kicked some ass occasionally. And I think that worked well. In the fifth one, he had his son, who was CIA special ops or something. He doesn't need this old prick yeah, yeah. coming along. Well, come on, Dad. I'm more, I'm more qualified than you are. <laughs> so I think they got that right as well. So it's certainly not a washout. Like a, a few people... Big fans of the series, I think, have looked at it as a real wash. I disagree. I think it fits in nicely in the in the in the, the franchise. The fifth one, on the other hand, does not mm. at all. Yeah, that was a bit of a disappointment. That yes, one. it was. All right. Um, so I'm sticking with horror again. This is one I haven't seen. Mm. Actually. Okay. 
Curse of Chucky. Curse of Chucky. Yeah. Which one is this in the series? Like, you got Child's Play 1, 2, 3. Yep. You got Bride of Chucky. Bride of Chucky. Seed of Chucky. Seed of Chucky. And then Curse of Chucky. Okay, so it's the sixth. So Curse of Chucky was the, the attempt at re- reboot, sort of. You know, it was the classic sort of, we're going to reboot it, but we're going to still maintain continuity and things like that. And it was good. Yeah. I, I quite liked it. Had some had some clunky effects problems. Like there was there was parts where you quite clearly went from Chucky would change and it was noticeable. You would look at the one of the sort of animatronic faces and stuff like that and then it would look di- different in the next scene. Mm. That was a bit of a bit of a drama. But overall, I actually think it, it did actually get back to being a creepy... Creepy premise. So again. what? Just, just, just to clue me in. What was the actual premise when you say it was a reboot? Were we going back to the idea of the good guy doll being possessed, or were we still in that? No, no, we're still there. So it was a re. It was a reboot in the sense that they were just starting afresh and they were removing it from from the old characters, um, and and the whole Tiffany and yeah. Glenn and all that sort of thing, and just starting it. Again, sort of resetting it in that this is just a, a creepy living doll, right? Okay, and it worked really well. I think it was it was right up there. Probably, I don't know. I'm a bit of a fan of Bride of Chucky, but yeah, I like Bride of Chucky. I actually think this this one's probably the second best, other than the first one. Mm. It uses some of the same tricks about you know like um, you know things like seeing the doll out of focus, running along in the background, things like that. But yeah, it sort of made it made it creepy again. And not only that, it actually does. As I said, it, it was an attempt to reboot with removing all those old elements. But it did call back to some of them. It did call back to the the original characters. And I just think it's well worth a look. Mm. It's no gem. It's not a it's not a classic horror. But if you do like the Child's Play series and you think that Chucky, you know, is is pretty creepy or worth a worth a worth a look, this is probably. In my opinion, it's it's ahead of two, it's ahead of three, definitely ahead of Cedar Chucky. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of Bride of Chucky, but I think this is more true to that, just that what the series was built on, that creepy premise of the, the dolls alive, which we've seen r- right back to things like, you know, the, the Twilight Zone. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it does a really good job of, of pulling it back just to that original premise. And Bride of Chucky was more that tongue-in-cheek yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, it wasn't... They they were they were a bit like what we just talked about with Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, we'd already got to a point where we can't start trying to go back to being some sort of creepy vibe. We've yeah. got to go with we've got to push forward. We've got to keep going with this tongue in cheek stuff. And I think Cedar Chucky, I believe, went similar route. Is it yeah, similar Cedar Chucky vein? was totally over the top and really ridiculous. And it was kind of meta again in how it had like Jennifer Tilly playing a character and voicing Tiffany and right, yeah. things like that. But yeah, this one. It's funny that I'm actually talking about it, and at this very point, the actual setup escapes me. But Chucky ends up in the hands of a little girl in in a um, in a house with her mother, and and that sort of um, that's how it, it it's brought back into it. It's not like we're restarting all over again and seeing how he gets into right. Okay, the good guys <laughs> dull, but yeah, I I would put it as being underrated simply because it just seemed to be. Just forgotten and not even not even looked at really. Mm. People, some people don't even know there was another Chucky movie. Well, I'll be honest, I didn't really know until I heard it on a podcast not long ago mm. that that it was out there. So, by the sound of it, I might have to give it a go. Yeah, just to see where they've taken the franchise. It's been a long time between drinks for me because I didn't see Cedar Chucky, and 
I saw Bride of Chucky, and that would have been what? That's well oh, over that was, 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a long time for me to watch any of these, so I'd have to go back and check it out. Yeah, I've got it on Blu-ray, so you can raid the collection. Okay, yeah. raid the collection. Okay, this one, my next pick might be the one that upsets Jared here. Yes. Now, I obviously was a little less scathing on Jason X. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say Alien versus Predator was not that bad. Ugh. It has taken a fair old kicking. <laughs> the, I, I, I felt, for the most part, the ideas they were offering and some of the set pieces they had were really good. The problem that they ended up having, I think, is that you take away the Predators, you get three Predators going into the pyramid, two of them are killed within seconds, like they barely last a minute of screen time by the aliens. They have their cannons. They don't have their laser cannons. And the it looked like the team maybe have, you know, the team that was in there might have also had guns and it could have had a sort of an aliens vibe. And then it didn't use that to any of its, to its um, advantage. Yeah. So I think that's where people might have got the shits. I, my feeling is it's, um, it's a tad boring. And I also think they tried to sort of overcomplicate things again. Like you know, taking into the pyramid and all that, all that sort of business. In the, on the plus side, I think the predators were really cool. The scar predator and the, yeah. the Celtic, Celtic predator, and I, I kind of like them. I think one of the problems is that um, you're always taking a gamble if you're gonna change sides, and the predators turned into the good guys. Yeah, and that um, I don't know. I don't think they did a really good job of. Making that like an uneasy alliance, it was kind of the you know the 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 woman and the predators kind of buddied up, and obviously the predators can't talk. Yeah. So you kind of just so you got a one way conversation happening yeah, if she talks at all. And you kind of just made it into them into the good guys, and then you also by doing that you kind of painted into a corner of what we kind of established in the predator series is, is that element of respect yeah. that they gave to like Danny Glover in that in Predator 2 that we'd, we'd spoken of. The fact that she's shown herself to be a bit of a warrior, you know, they can't pull a Swifty and have the Predator kill her and, and that sort of yeah. thing. So I don't know. I just I don't think that really worked. And even even then, I don't think the, the those sort of dream scenarios that people had of Predators battling aliens and that ever came to fruition. No. It's always going to disappoint when you got something like this, I guess. Yeah, I guess my feeling is it didn't disappoint as much as I would have thought. That yeah. was that was why it's kind of seen to me as a little bit underrated. Yeah. Um, because I wasn't as disappointed. There's actually a really great sequence with the predator hits a um when we first see the predator attack and it hits um a, like a logging cabin that's mm. nearby. It's excellent. Like it's on par with anything in any of the other predator films. The way they do it, the the you know, the predator vision and all that thrown in. The movie doesn't hit those heights very often, which is disappointing. And, and Jared's correct. I don't think anybody got what they were hoping for from this movie, especially considering it's a smackdown of a, of two major action icons. You're trying mm. to work that in there. It just for me, I th- thought it worked better than than what everyone was was saying. Yeah, I don't think it's out and out horrible. No, I just don't think it's it's all that good. And it's hard because again, it displays that people are so 
difficult to please with this stuff because they've had these these scenarios. Oh, wouldn't it be great to see Predator and Alien on the same movie? It can never never match up. So when you try to take it with a sort of serious kind of action tone to it with this one, it disappointed. Then you try to try to go a little bit sort of tongue in cheek or whatever. You try and take it slightly away from that. Yeah, well, and then no one know, likes that either. No one liked you know Freddie and Jason gets a lot of hate because it just embraced the, the silly silliness and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So it's it's difficult to difficult to get these ones right, I guess. And I guess what happens too when you've got a, a franchise. To see Freddy versus Jason, it didn't have as much riding on it. E.g., you know, oh, it's not as good as this one. It's not as, this. This doesn't live up to this particular movie because they were kind of quite out there, you know. And yeah. you could have gone out there with Freddy and Jason. And quite frankly, I didn't have any problem with Freddy and Jason. It no. was embracing the stupidity, and it had no choice to do that. The, the problem with Alien Predator is you have got one series that's got. A bona fide, two bona fide classic films. Alien yeah. and Aliens are considered right up there as some of the greatest films ever made. Predator is right up there. Yep. People get the shits because yeah. they're going, this doesn't mirror what we've had. Yeah, and you've tarnished it and all this sort of but stuff. But you're forgetting right? that the quality of the people making those films too. They're, they weren't called Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> no disrespect to the guy because he's been handed a, It's div, as you pointed out, something that was always going to piss people off, yeah. no matter what he did. And, Someone's going to get bothered. Yeah, and you couldn't get James Cameron to make that movie. Yeah. So what are you expecting? Yep. So I think it's not as bad as everyone makes out. Yes, I agree. Okay, last one for you. Last one. We've covered basically the entire series. Yeah, well, but, look, we've seen a fair bit of this, this character. No, again, um, I'm going to go with Predators. Who are you? Air Cab. I was in combat. Black Ops. Yakuza. We were chosen. This planet is a game preserve. I'm the game. July 9th, the hunt is on. Predators, this film is not yet rated. Because it's another one that I think just kind of came and went and was forgotten and uh, I think it was pretty well received initially. But in terms of... In terms of sequels after however many movies they'd had, when you include the Alien vs. Predator, mm. it was the fifth time pre- the Predators had, had been uh, on the on the big screen. I think it, it did a fantastic job. Mm. It's kind of... Uh, I, I was a fan of the, the way that they turned it into the same environment as part one, really, um, the, that jungle environment but flipped it on its head and said, right, the Predators have brought you here now. Yeah. It's, sort of, it's a hunting reserve. So some clunky parts, again, as, as with all these movies, um, the, the idea of, I guess the twist at the end never worked for me. No. Nah. Um, it, was, it was totally clear from oh, the outset. From the minute we saw him. Yep. The other thing, the other thing I thought uh, the Nolan character was a really good idea, really good idea. Mm. And in some ways, could have been the could have been the, the big bad of the the whole movie. Yeah, 
but then they they wasted it. Yeah, they kind of copped oh. out a little bit. They went. Yeah, they, it, it, it felt like they were perhaps going in a totally different direction. Yeah, and then they felt, oh shit, we're going to upset people, so let's yeah. just take it back here. And it's funny because with the twist that we were talking about, they established again that in this scenario, it wasn't necessarily the predator you need to look needed to look out for. Yeah, so. I think Nolan being the ultimate villain of the movie could have worked. Yeah. Um, so that was disappointing for me. But other than that, the portions with, with Nolan in it were great. Mm. I, I really, really liked that. I thought Adrian Brody cops a little bit of heat over this, and I thought he was excellent. Yeah. He's a very good actor who committed to beefing up for the role. And I actually, when, he, when you saw him in that kind of uh, touch back to the original Predator, when you saw him all muddied up and everything... Mm. I just about my jaw just about hit the floor. Yeah. I was like, "This is Adrian Brody, he's, isn't he? Like a weedy kind of." Yeah. And he was cut. He he built up physically, and he looked huge. So I thought he was he was a big plus. Yeah. Um, I'm a Robert Rodriguez fan as well, so I guess I don't know. There's something about his style that just gets me. I really enjoy his movies. Uh, but overall, I just thought this was an excellent way to bring bring the Predators back. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed we didn't see a sequel. Yeah. Something else yep. from Predator not long after that because it was reasonably well received. It made reasonably good money. It was a good way to come back to the series. Totally agree with the Adrian Brody situation. I think that's the kind of actor that if they commit, you want in a movie like this. Give it some gravitas yeah. but also do what's required to, to to have that physical presence. And he did that. He's a... You know, Chalk and cheese between him and Schwarzenegger if you're talking about acting skills. Yeah, exactly. It's just that Schwarzenegger, I guess that was the one of those perfect roles for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm less I'm a bit like you, yeah, I'm not I wasn't real keen on the, the twist. I did like the idea of Larry Fishburne. I'm probably not as um sold as much as on those scenes as you were. Um where where they meet that character who's been there for a while. Mm. I kind of felt at times they were a bit, it was felt like a different movie. But overall, it harks, it touches back to parts of the other movies and does it in a very respectful way that I could see, a, I could have seen another couple of sequels. Yeah. You know, I was happy to see those. Mm. It just kind of just got lost in the shuffle a little. Yeah, again. It kind of disappeared. Yep. But no, I think you're right. Obviously, you know, we disagree on the on the Nolan stuff. But, but I could have got on board with what you were saying about him potentially being the bad guy. Yeah. It would have it wouldn't have hurt to me it wouldn't have hurt yeah. to go down that route. Well, I think it seemed like when he when he came along, they just kind of rushed that idea of him, you know, he he was someone who survived and and you know, here he was helping them, and then it sort of just flipped on its head. Again, sort of probably going into some spoilers yeah. here, but, but flip, flipping it on its head and then showing that he had survived by killing and eating yeah, other and, people that had shown up. And taking their shit. That was a great idea. Yeah. It was a great idea. But they sort of just rushed it. They kind of, as soon as they get in and he starts, you know, saying, you know, here's my hideout or whatever, I'll give you something to eat, he kind of starts talking to himself mm. and then you know, smokes them out almost immediately. Yeah. So that was a bit disappointing, I thought. But, um, again, a, a fantastic idea that could have really been expanded on, I thought. Uh, but overall, I think the movie just works. It, it stayed true to what you expected from 
from the Predators again gave you some really cool Predators like the the Predator dogs the, the Predator <laughs> hounds yeah, um, you know the, the Falconer Predator and the Wolf Predator I think they're called like the, some really cool ones but the other great thing about it is the action scenes are really well done too yep like they're really ha- well handled so all around it's a good movie it just kind of got missed yep. somehow and Predator has no longer had disappeared off the radar how, how long ago was Predators uh, two, 2010, was it? 2010. Or 2011. So it's four years minimum yeah. since we've seen it. Now, there's obviously talk of a new one. Yeah, um, I think it's pretty recently. well advanced. Yeah. So high hopes. I'm, I'm hoping that that's going to bring it back and bring it back well. Yeah, well, obviously, we're both big fans of the series, given that out of the ten movies we've talked about here, three of them have <laughs> involved Predators. Predator series, yeah. The last one for me is Jaws 2. In the West End, and at a cinema near you from Boxing Day. Going out on a real high here. Well, <laughs> I guess it's a little bit similar to Psycho 2. You're talking about an absolute classic. The original is an absolute classic. Now, people, when sequels weren't big back then, you weren't putting sequels out every five minutes. So three years come along, you got Jaws 2. Surely hopes weren't that high. Because Spielberg, I believe, was offered and then turned it down. Hmm. I think for what they've what they've made, it pretty much works in tandem with the original. If you actually look at the when I, and I'm talking about from bringing back all those characters like the the, the mayor and, and Brody and his wife and sons, to the music, to the the actual feel and the atmosphere of Amity, I think they it pretty much mirrors very similar to the original. It's obviously not as good once we get on the water. But I think putting the kids in danger was a good idea. Mm. And there's some good set pieces. You know, there's some really good uh, set pieces. I haven't seen it for quite a while, but isn't there there's a couple of downers like the hasn't the man like not learned his lesson? Yeah, he's he has the exact same character in the <laughs> first one. <laughs> Basically what you end up getting is a sort of a carbon copy of that whole thing about oh we're not closing the beaches. Yeah. That's that's a misstep. But I think it they needed it because that's really the only way you you create the stakes, you raise the stakes, you can't close the beaches or we can't do this or there's no sharks out there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I'm the mayor who's just had a massive shark problem a couple of years ago, I'm listed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm listed to the bloke. Yeah, you're saying, oh, not again. Not yeah. <laughs> yeah. But overall, I think it actually works well. It, there's a couple of really dopey bits like um, the shark eating a helicopter. Yeah. Um, doesn't really eat it, but just sort of pushes it into the water until it goes under, but still. Yeah, hard for me to comment on this one because I reckon it's been over 10 years since I've seen Jaws 2. Look, you can do a hell of a lot worse in shark movies. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, Jaws 3 and Jaws of Revenge are fucking absolute... Terrible. <laughs> they are just the, the absolute low yeah. of those type of movies. Yep. And I think when I look across the stuff that they've put out in the recent years involving sharks, you know, Shark Night and Bait, Bait and things like that, Jaws 2 is a far better movie than that, those. Yeah. Um, even Deep Blue Sea, yep. which I kind of kind of liked. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It's still, it's very, very difficult somehow to make a good shark movie. I guess that's because the, the original is the best. Mm. So you're hard-pressed to top it. Yeah, I guess... Um the other thing that doesn't seem to have worked for 
for those movies too is the fact that the, the broken shark almost played into Steven Spielberg's hands because yeah. the movie's kind of better when you don't see, don't exactly. see the shark. Exactly. And look, that's one thing too doesn't do that well. Hmm. The shark obviously works better, yeah. so they they push it into your face a bit more. Yep. And although it's passable, <laughs> semi-passable, the more you see it, the less it is. Yeah. And, you know, you read things about, I don't know about you, if you read that Horror Hand article about Jaws retrospective, yep. when they initially conceived the original, they were talking about, they were working with, um, they were going to be working with a uh, shark that they were training, a train shark. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys on? <laughs> <laughs> are you guys serious? <laughs> so having the animatronic shark, Obviously, you need. Yeah, yeah don't worry about him. Don't worry about him, Stephen. He's tame. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no worries. I'll just jump, I'll jump right in there. All right, get in there, guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> Here's a question for you, just before we wrap it up. Yeah. Would you be happy to see Jaws again? Any just sort of Jaws re- revisiting the Jaws series? Uh, nah, nah, nah. Wrapped it up because to me, the only way to do it is to remake it. Yeah. Um, and that's the only movie I wouldn't, and I think we talked about this in a, a previous podcast about remakes, mm. it's the only movie I'd be upset at. Yeah. I get a feeling I, uh, I, I get a feeling with sort of current things going on with the ocean and stuff like that that we might actually get another Jaws movie at some stage. We may get something similar. Because I know here in Australia we're experiencing a lot of shark attacks because the sharks seem to be um, closer in closer in, looking for some food and things like that. Well, you know, you take your life in your hands out there, yeah. I guess. But I could see them putting together a shark film to cover off on current events. I could mm. see that, whether it's a Jaws film. You just wouldn't be happy with the Jaws name on it? I just think it it, it, it would be a cash grab because yeah. you'd be using the, the name. You'd be using the name, of course. But I'd like to think some some smart people might prevail and just decide, look, let's just start something new instead of trying to roll it out one more time. You're hoping against hope. Hoping. <laughs> because my, my concern is that that's when we start talking about remakes. Yeah. Because everyone goes, well, you can't re-raise the series now. We haven't had a movie since 87. Yeah. What are we going to do? Why don't we remake it? Look, I'll put it this way. I would be happy to see it. Look, I'd be happy to go and watch another shark movie. And I, I think, in a way, I think it's inevitable that someone will dust off the Jaws name and, and use it. Mm. I would like to think if they do it again, maybe you could just call it Jaws and just completely, you know, like I said, I, I am, in a way, I'm kind of compromising with my own beliefs here and that I feel like someone's going to do it and I'd be happy to go and watch another shark movie. So perhaps if they just slapped the name on it and didn't use all the characters and all that and stuff. And just sort of said, okay, it. it's not a remake, it's just a... A we just use, yeah, or something you... like that. I'd probably be all right with that. Yeah. You know, as I said, I'm, I'm sort of looking at Hollywood and saying, well, something's going to happen. So compromising with what I believe. Well, put it this way. If it came out, I'd probably beat it. Oh, of course you would. Because I'd want to know what they did. <laughs> I, would. I would want to know what they did. My Couldn't concern is if you're watching something like Bait... Or Shark Night, you see what they do. They take this CGI shark and they just. The shark can do all sorts of things and pops up everywhere. Let's get a train shark. Let's go to SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to SeaWorld. Well, obviously, in 70, 70, uh, 75, we were talking about train sharks. Yeah, and surely, we've surely got, 30 years later, we're doing it. We've got more advanced training, uh, training techniques for sharks and all that sort of business. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't know, mate. I, don't, I really don't know about that one. It'd be interesting to see what they do do, but you do hit the nail on the head that with current events, 
somebody's talking about it, yeah. I'm sure. There are five underrated sequels. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll uh, catch up with everyone in the future. See you later. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.